Welcome to Insight Aviation, helping you to take a look inside the world of captains, aerospace professionals, air traffic controllers, and much more. Learn how they got started, where they are now, and their advice for aspiring aviators. This series is brought to you by Wayman Aviation Academy. Learn to fly with a safe, reliable, professional academy. Located between Miami and Fort Lauderdale in sunny South Florida, USA. Enjoy the training and cosmopolitan life with Wayman's 42 aircraft, six airline partners, and two bases to help you be the captain. Hello and good afternoon to our attendees coming in for our Insight Aviation podcast recording today. We're going to start with a quick video from our sponsor while we connect everything here in the back end. Be the captain. Be the captain. Be the captain. Welcome to Wayman Aviation Academy. The thing that sets Wayman apart from other flight schools here, basically the location, fleet size, being able to provide high quality training. They have the resources, they have the fleet, they had everything I was looking for to start my career as a pilot. Wayman is a very airline-oriented operation. The Academy offers complete ab initio flight training programs and courses. Get to know each student because each student is different. Wayman Aviation Academy operates a large fleet of more than 40 airplanes and full motion flight simulators. Here, maintenance is priority number one, and we take pride in what we do. Realizing your dreams at Wayman is within reach. I choose Wayman. I choose Wayman. I choose Wayman. Wayman Aviation Academy, developing the skills and attitudes for safe, successful, and professional pilots around the world. Changing lives through aviation. Hello and welcome to the Insight Aviation Podcast. I am Wayman Eddie Louie here, Vice President at Wayman Aviation Academy, and I get the honor and privilege to get some of the best pilots, captains, air traffic controllers, and aviation industry professionals from throughout the, the world here with us. And today we have a special guest. Uh, we are, of course, located here in Miami. The Caribbean is close to our heart, and we've got Nesho here, a pilot that flies Learjets all across the Caribbean, living the dream. Hello, Nesho. How are you doing? Hello, good afternoon. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure for me to be with you guys uh, this afternoon yeah, to talk about uh, myself and uh, everything. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's going to be really interesting. So uh, for, for, some, for some reason, we've had a series of air traffic controllers and college directors and all sorts of stuff, but we haven't had a pilot in the chair in, I think, a couple of months, actually, definitely a couple of episodes. And so we really want to get to know how you got to where you are, uh, that first job, the uh, the challenges that you saw along that route. Uh, you know, being here in Miami, outside of, between Miami and Fort Lauderdale, we have a lot of Caribbean students. Uh, they're kind of the heart and soul of the school. And, uh, and with our recent partnership with Florida Memorial University, they have a ton of Caribbean students. So I definitely think this conversation will hit home. Uh, before we dive into it, I'd love to know from our audience that's live, uh, in the Zoom or live on the Facebook, Facebook Live, go ahead and in the chat or in the comments, let us know where you're from. What island are you from? Is it Aruba, Bahamas, Jamaica, Cayman? I'd love to know where you guys are from so we can kind of direct our questions a little bit closer, right? Uh, Nesho, I think you're coming to us from Bonaire today. Is that right? Yes, of course. Bonaire. Born in Bonaire. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah. tell us a little bit about Bonaire. You know, how did young Nesho in Bonaire get, get that bug to get into aviation? Well, first of all, let me tell everybody where's Bonaire because I think a lot of people, yeah, doesn't know where's Bonaire. Yeah, it's uh, on the north side of the South America. It's uh, known as the ABC Islands. And I think, of course, everybody knows Aruba and Curacao. Yeah, Bonaire is just next to Curacao. So the, the three ABC, they call it the ABC Island. Nice. So you're yeah. actually closer to Venezuela than Venezuela, you are to yeah. us here in Miami for Lauderdale. It's really close, yeah. 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 Excellent. All right. And a pretty small island, I imagine, like not a huge population? No, we only have about, uh, I think it's 22,000 populations of population. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pretty small, yeah. So that's the kind of island where you get in trouble, the whole island knows about it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, so tell me, how did you get interested in aviation? Well, um, uh, let's go back, way back in time. Uh, I think I was like, I was a child, about five, six years old. And, uh, yeah, you know, you go traveling with your parents. And uh, every time they took a lot of pictures um, from me behind an airplane. And uh, every time I saw an airplane, I just get like goosebumps, you know. It's just like naturally. 
Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, a lot of gifts that I used to get was were things like uh, airplanes, like toys, just okay. like airplanes. I was like so happy with those small things. And uh, also, like, uh, if an airplane flies by and I'm just, like, looking in the sky, I'll be like, oh, that's a yeah. Boeing 737 or, uh, I don't know, a big jet. Okay. Yeah, and uh, that's uh, how I became interested uh, into aviation. So it was just something that was always there. The toys were always airplanes. Yeah, always, always, yeah, yeah. So when did that translate into that's something I could be? I could be a pilot. Um, that was in, uh, 2013, 2013, 2014, because, um, yeah, here on the island, uh, we all went to high school mm-hmm. and back in those times, like me personally, I, I did, uh, I went to high school and in those times, a lot of things didn't go well for me and, uh, I didn't graduate actually like twice and, uh, I was like at the moment, I was like almost getting ready to give up, like to do another thing and just leave aviation behind and, you know, and, uh, but my parents kept like telling me, no, you can do it. You can do it. And I got another chance from the high school year. So I went to change the subject, another subject. So I went, basically I did, uh, administrations, basically a computer and uh, everything. Okay. And uh, it went really good. Uh, I did that for three years here. I got my diploma. I graduated. Nice. And then, uh, you know, between those times, um, here on the island, yeah, we, w- we went to get information about becoming a pilot. And uh, it was really difficult here because uh, as a student, you couldn't get a student loan, especially to become a pilot. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really hard. And those small things also made me feel like, nah, I, I can't, I can't even do it. Hmm. But uh, the good thing is, uh, I have good parents. They kept pushing, pushing, and uh, helping everything, um, everything for me to to go to the flight school in uh, in the states. And uh, that was in 2014. No, actually 2012. I mean, yeah, I did. So yeah. let's take a moment there before you know, before you ship off to flight school. Was there yeah. ever any opportunity to do like a discovery flight or anything like that in Bali? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I did my first discovery flight in January 2012 with an instructor here on the island. Yeah, my first flight flight ever. I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is this is for me, and uh, I felt really really good. And after that flight. And uh, besides that, I was like, I told my parents, like, oh, everything went really awesome. I want to do it again. And that thing also kept pushing me into aviation. And then uh, after that, uh, I remember I started with uh, Falke Aviation. I don't know if you heard about it. Yeah, I know Falke Aviation. Yeah. 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 So I started with Falke Aviation uh, back in those times. the instructor, they came to Bonaire because back in that time, they only had in Falk Aviation Curacao. Right. And they were like busy um, building Falk Aviation Bonaire also. Oh. And we were like the first students of Falk Aviation Bonaire. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we got uh, some ground school and uh, also I was flying one or twice in a month just, you know, to get you ready for your first solo. I did my first solo in October 2013. That was like one of the best day ever in my life. I still can't forget about it. And uh, I was still going to, to high school. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah, and also between that time, I also got a job in the airport working as a baggage handler. All right. Well, there's nothing like yeah. working at the airport, no matter what it is. Yeah, like yeah. jet fuel. That, that was, yeah, that was my life, like at the airport. And uh, you see everything. You see pilots walking wow. by. You get to ask them questions. Hey, how to do this? How did you do this? Flight school and everything. And you get different opinions from all of those pilots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. It gave it gave me actually more energy, let's say, to 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 go to the flight school to to, to do my pilot license. Excellent. Yeah. 
So that discovery flight, I mean, I, this is something I recommend to everyone. Every single person that's listening to this, if you have not done a discovery flight, please visit your local flight school. You know, when you're outside of the U.S., it's harder, right? There might not be a flight school nearby. You might have to be on a trip, you know. If you come to the United States and you visit us, you can actually schedule a discovery flight while you're on vacation here, you know. It's usually between 100 We charge $179 because we do a full hour, go down the beach and all that good stuff. But in that one hour, you're going to know if you love it or hate it, right? Because <laughs> some people love the idea of it, but once they're in a plane, they get dizzy and they're, they're too small for them and it turns out they don't like it. And some people like you, it happens and like, you don't want to do anything else. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. yeah, but a lot of people think like, oh, I got to save up, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. I got to do it. It's like, just take the flight. Take the one discovery yeah. flight, 100, 200 bucks, and you'll know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that's excellent. So you actually got to do your solo uh, in the islands, which is pretty rare. I know a lot of people that, you know, come to the U.S. without ever having the opportunity for a discovery flight and try to jump into it. And that's fine. You know, welcome all. Uh, but it's nice to be able to go at it with a little bit of experience, uh, you know, in your home where you can you can go home. You're still eating your mom's dinner, <laughs> right? Sleeping in your own bed, you know, and, and kind of figuring it out, especially at that private pilot level. Right. Yeah. So, so you're doing this, and then you decide, all right, this is it. I'm going to go full forward. What's your next step? Okay, uh, yeah. My, actually, my first step was to graduate. So I graduated here at the high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, so my parents had uh, everything for me to pay for the flight school. And actually, Falk Aviation helped me to look for a flight school in the States. Because uh, back in those days, you can only do... the. They had only the Curacao license, I think, you can do here. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't do like the FAA license down here yeah. on the island. So I decided, uh, yeah, I want to, to fly in the States and uh, I was looking for my future also. So I decided to go to the States to do my FAA license. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my flight school was in uh, Vera Beach, Paris Air Flight School. Oh, yeah, I know Paris Air. Great. Yeah, yeah so uh, I went to Paris Air. I was actually all, um, uh, I got the training from Falky and uh, everything. I was like really, really prepared. Mm-hmm. And I started at Paris Air in January 2015. And I think in less than a month, I think I got my private pilot license. Wow. You were doing uh, it. Yeah, it went like really, really fast. And uh, I was studying it like every day, every day, also in the weekends. Of course. And, uh, yeah, after that, uh, I did my instrument reading also just after my private pilot. Great. It took me like a month for my instrument reading. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I just uh, did my check ride on the instrument reading. I started immediately with commercial pilot ground school. And uh, because, yeah, you had to wait for the visa approval and all of those things. So, yeah, yes, it takes yeah. Class, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I decided just to start uh, commercial ground school. I finished my ground school and the only thing that um, that was left for me to do is only the flying part, time building and commercial pilot license and multi-engine. And uh, if I look back, everything took me like seven months and a half to finish everything. You had rocket boosters on. That's very quick. Yeah, it was really quick. And uh, yeah, I tell everybody till today, like, if I can do it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's... It's, it's hard. I mean, like, yeah, it's hard. You have to study every day, every night. But if you tell yourself, like, I want to do it, you're going to do it. If you say, like, no, I, I'm not going to study, you know, you're, gonna, you're not going to do it. No, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, seven months is, you know, you're definitely an outlier. Like, we, we, we pace our program at about a year, 10 months to a year. You know, we yeah. had a, a wonderful young lady do it, the whole program in 10 months last year. But you have to be like living in the flight school and like doing nothing yeah. else, right? Yeah. yeah. So many people come to do their flight training and they get distracted. They're living in the United States, you know, the beach <laughs> right there, all those things. Yeah. I said, no, yeah. you're here for a purpose, a focus, right? Uh, but yes, it can absolutely be done. Seven months. You know, I think our record was like six months. So you're right there, right? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Right there. That's excellent, right? Um, okay, so you're in the U.S. You learn to fly here in Florida, which is a beautiful place to fly. Yeah. All those good cross countries. Any any yeah. fun stories from your training? Any places you went or, or crazy moments? I think the best part. I think most of uh, pilots that fly is in South in Miami. 
I flew like on the south coast below 500 feet and down to Tan Miami. Sure. Because you fly always below the class Bravo airspace, they right. always claim you fly below 500 feet. Right. And, right off the coast uh, yeah. Of yeah, of course. Yeah. I was flying the Piper 28, like, you know, on the south beach. And you see everybody there on the beach. You fly actually lower than those high buildings. And it's, 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 it was like a really nice view. Nice, yeah. nice. And then uh, coming back up to Vera Beach, they let me fly above, uh, I think it was Miami International. Very nice. Yeah, I got approval to fly there. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Yeah, the transition. Yeah, the space transition. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I think that only that part was the best in, in the whole cross-country part, especially. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. You know, that's funny because... Um, so that that's our home base, right? We're in, we're at North Perry Airport, right? So we fly yeah. under that Bravo airspace all the time. Yeah. And yeah. I guess when you're used to flying underneath it, you, you kind of loses how kind of special it is. But Vero Beach, you know, it's a pretty quiet part of Florida, right? It's just like small yeah. town, beaches, not a lot of airspace around there. But uh, but then when you come down here and you see the city, it's beautiful from the air. It's really beautiful, yeah. 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 All right. And I remember the longest flight I did was all the way to... I think it was Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took me like uh, three hours or something to fly. But I had also one flight to Savannah, but I remember that day the weather was, wasn't really good. So I had yeah. to cancel yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, everyone remembers those those flight school stories. Then, um, yeah. all right. So you've got flight school under the belt, mission accomplished. You've got the license, right? Some people, yeah. you know, they get there, they put it on the wall and they're done. But you you took it all the way, right? You got your multi, that first job. That first job is always so difficult, right? What was yeah, your first time job? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I got my commercial pilot, multi-engine. I graduated. I was looking for a job. First of, first thing, I was I sent my uh, resume and CV, like, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you know, you never know. So that's what I did. And uh, yeah, but some people told me, no, uh, you don't have enough hours. And uh, especially in the States, you have to do um, have to work visa or green card, all of those things. And in the Caribbean, back at the time, it was uh, really difficult also to get uh, the first job because most of them ask like, uh, I think, 500 hours minimum sure. just to apply. Yeah. So uh, I came back to Bonaire and... Uh, yeah, I didn't stop. Uh, I went back to the airport, working at the airport as a baggage handler, and uh, just to get some yeah money. And uh, besides that, I was also flying the Cessna 172 down here with some friends or family, okay. just to build the hours. And uh, yeah, so basically everything went well. It took me like uh, one year, yeah, to get my first job. I remember that was in. July 2016, uh, we had a friend of us working in St. Martin for the airline company winner. And uh, that time they were like really, really in need of pilots. And um, I just finished uh, flight school. I had two other friends of me also that they didn't, they didn't have the job. So they, they told us like, hey, uh, yeah, we need pilots, like urgent, urgent, send your resume now, now. So, yeah. yeah, I just did it. I sent it, and uh, I think in less than two days, we got the uh, approval. Oh, you guys have interview uh, upcoming two weeks. I was like, what? Really? Okay. Boom. I told my parents that, and uh, I told them, yeah, I'm going to live in St. Martin, working in, uh, in St. Martin. Everybody was, like, so excited, and uh, me as well. And, uh, yeah, I did the interview. I had to do uh, that. They tell that the acceptance flight, so okay. I had to fly to actually fly the airplane. It was a twin order. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, first time in a twin order, I imagine. First time in the twin order. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but you remember back in flight school, basically they just tell you basically how to fly, not like how to fly, but uh, to fly an instrument approach or uh, NDB approach back in that day also. And um, yeah, that's the only. Um, thing, things that they check and then uh, they accept you. Wow. So first job was in St. Martin. Was that it's like a 135? Was it cargo? Private? No, no, that was an airline company. It was airline, right until 121? Yeah, that's an airline, 121. Uh, the turnout is actually a 19-seater airplane. Right. 
And uh, remember, we flew to St. Bart, Sabas, Anastasias, Anguilla, Antigua, also all of those small islands down here. And uh, yeah, it was like a really awesome experience because you get to fly to the most, one of the most dangerous airports in the world also. Really? Yeah. Which one's that? Yeah. It's uh, St. Bart and Seba. Same you know what? You, you come with a steep approach like this. The runway is only like a uh, thousand feet or something. Ooh. Yeah, and also in Seba, Seba is only four hundred meters. The runway you got, uh, you have the cliff, you have sea. Wow. Yeah, it's really interesting to fly there. <laughs> Challenging flying. Challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Let's take a moment there, because I think I, I find the the first job is always, of course, the most difficult. And it's yeah. all about be, being ready when the opportunity strikes, right? Being prepared and yeah. when that opportunity comes. Because like you said, you were sending out resumes for a year, right? To everyone you can think of. Yeah, yeah. And then you heard from a friend or whomever was, this job's available. Boom, you yeah. jump on it. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's kind of how it goes. It's, it's, uh, it's timing. It's almost like it sought you out, right? I mean, like in the first days uh, working for that company, everything is new for you because you got in the airline industry, you got to fly with passenger, you got to deal with airport, sorry, with the company operations and everything. Mm -hmm. So day by day, you got to learn a lot of things. And for me, that was like really good because um, I didn't really expect those things. Like honestly, I didn't, I didn't, yeah. Well, they say that every license is a license to learn, right? You get your yeah. pilot, you feel like a top gun, but then you have to learn all the instrument stuff and so on. So you got your commercial yeah. license, but then your first officer, you're learning. You're learning day in and out, right, from the captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Till today, I'm still learning. Yeah, it never ends. Never ends. Yeah. Never. There's always more equipment and new manuals and new technology, yeah. right? Yeah. What yeah. was your favorite thing about the Twin Otter? Um, my favorite thing, uh, yeah, it's basically a short takeoff and landing. Yeah, it is. And, uh, yeah, it has also reverse, which I really like it also. Oh, okay. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, it nice. Yeah, it is reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that works on the short runways. Yeah. yeah. yeah, awesome. yeah. It's a workhorse yeah. of the islands, right? Like the Twin Otter is just all over the place, doing every kind of job you can think of in the islands. Yeah, true, true. Now, yeah. so the, the, the Caribbean has kind of this really interesting culture where like it's very aviation dependent, right? It's a series of small islands. So the best way to get around is, you know, boat or, or airplane, right? Yeah. So there's clearly a big need for pilots, but at the same time, it's very difficult for airlines to succeed and to have much, uh, much, much lifespan in the islands, right? Um, how do you see, I mean, well, first of all, this last year has been a mess, right? But in general, how do you see flying in the Caribbean? Well, uh, yeah, if you, if you hear a lot of stories, there were like a lot of companies down here, Aruba, Curacao, Bonaire, and uh, the first years, they really started really good. And after that, they went bankruptcy. And uh, I think, yeah, it's basically how the management works. But uh, mm. yeah, it's really difficult to say like uh, a, a big company um, that's like really stable down here. But I think most of the part is like government involving in the airline also. Okay. And, yeah, every time you get things that like, messed up the company hmm. yeah. so it seems like the most successful uh, aviation companies in the Caribbean are usually small operators right with a handful yes. of airplanes and they have their routes and they do them they know them they work them yeah. back and forth that seems to be a lot of good and small operators yeah true yeah. Yeah. but if you compare it like to Winner I flew for Winner Winner is a company that's they have more than than 50 or 55 years something like that Nice. Yeah. yeah, 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 and they only had the twin order, remember, and they're still existing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, a very, yeah. that's a very big operation, you know, 55 yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. How long were you with them? How long did you fly the twin order? I flew twin order for two years. Two years, all right. Two years. Yeah. A lot of yeah. stories. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we used to go also to simulator every six months uh, in uh, Toronto, Canada. All the way to Toronto for simulator. Yeah, they, it's the only one in the world I think that they have the twin order simulator. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's always busy, busy there with the schedule. I remember we used to have sim sessions like at three in the morning, and then you finish like at seven. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's not cool. 
<laughs> yeah, the 2 a.m. shift. That's that's what happens yeah. when you're at the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, beautiful. Yeah. Well, so what was your next step after the Twin Otters? So, yeah, I flew the Twin Otter for the, for two years. And then, uh, yeah, after those two, two years, uh, the company Easier in Bonaire, it was, it was, it was existing already, but um, they were like... Uh, trying to re-establish again and they, they got two beach 1900s back in that time that was in 2018 very nice and uh yeah and they have they have also the the Learjet part that's uh on the air ambulance part yeah and uh, i remember um, yeah they were neat for pilots also for the beachcraft and uh, uh we were like uh, the locals we had priority to apply for the for the beachcraft and also yeah for the um, Learjet also, and uh, I just got a call like, "Hey, Nashmar, uh, uh, do you want to fly the Learjet? Because we're need uh, we're in need of pilots." I didn't even think twice. I was like, <laughs> "Yes, boom!" Yeah, turbine time. Yeah, yeah, yeah jet time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, I've applied to the air ambulance company. It's basically the same company, Easier and Medicare. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm flying for Medicare. It's, it's the same company, and yeah. So I did transition from the Twin Otter to the Learjet in 2018, yeah, in December, and then uh, I went to Simulator in uh, Tucson, Arizona. That was my actually my first type rating. Ah, oh, right, yeah. Because the Twin Otter is not classified as type rating. It's just basically a course and. You do the you do you do check ride and things, but it's not it's not a type rating. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. it's a twin. It's probably below the weight. It's really a, the turbine yeah. class where you need the type ratings. Yeah. 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 Was yeah. it a big transition to move into into jet? Big, big, big. I don't know if you see if you have seen like some Lear jets take off. Like it's like a, a rocket. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Yeah. So I remember. Yeah, my first uh, training sessions in the sim, uh, after transitioning from the Twin Otter, I was like, wow, what, what is this life like? Because you're, you're getting into the jet life and everything flying a jet goes like really, really fast, like in a second. And uh, I remember the instructor told me like, yeah, you got to scan everything, everything, everything. And all of those things happened really quick. And my first sim session, I was like, mm, confused. Uh, I don't even know like what I'm doing. And you know, after a couple of training, you got used to it, and uh, it basically becomes uh, more easier to fly, and also to scan all of those instruments. Yeah, well, we've got more automation usually happening at that level, right? More control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got uh, autopilot. The twin R didn't have uh, autopilot, and uh, on the Learjet we have. Yeah, we have autopilot on our systems. Also, the instruments are just, uh, it's not the same, but uh, you got to learn uh, some new things also. You got to fly in the flight levels. Like we go like flight level 450 maximum. Or f- I, I went to 51,000 feet one time. Nice. But it's, uh, yeah, it's only once in my life. But it's, uh, it's, it's really dangerous, let's say like that, because the cabin is like, uh, the cabin altitude is, it's, it's like, it's, it's not that high, but if something happens, you only have like less than five seconds to put your oxygen mask to sure. to make an uh, emergency descent. Yeah, yeah, right to throw it down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the risk, right? It's a life support system that you've got to control. There. You're right. It's not just the turbines; you're controlling the the cabin, the pressure, the air, all those kind of things. It's a lot going yeah. on. Now, you strike me as a pretty studious guy, right? So you threw yourself at the books, the CBT. Like, any advice for people that are making that transition? Yeah, I did. Um, uh, actually, before I went to the type rating, I went to do my ATP, CTP course. Excellent. Because, yeah, all of those rules changed in that time at FA. You have to go to a CTP course and yeah, then the simulator time. And if you got, when you got your certificate, you can do the, the FA written, the ATP written. So I did all of those things before I actually start flying the Learjet, you know, because it wasn't actually necessary, but I told myself now is the best moment to do it. I agree. So I took it out of the way and uh, I did my CTP course also with the ATP written. Mm-hmm. So I passed it, I think I got like 90% or something. Nice. 
Yeah. Cool, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, also uh, I got a lot of advice from uh, people flying chats already. Mm-hmm. And they tell me, okay, what are you expecting and uh, everything. So it was like uh, really good to start with. Well, probably one good thing that came out of that, right, is I think you have to do 16 hours in a heavy sim, right? So you probably got some uh, simulator jet time, right, yeah. before you went into the actual type rating. Um, no, not necessary, I think, because you can, you can fly the Learjet with only commercial pilot license. Right. No, but I mean, yeah. in your case, but in your case, because you've done your CTP, you had a little bit of, yeah. you've seen that before. You weren't going directly. Yeah, I, yeah I, uh, I flew in the sim, the Airbus 320. There was a the simulator. I think, yeah, something at 16 hours, but I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And do you think yeah. that was helpful towards when you when you finally got into the Learjet uh, training? Uh, and honestly, like, uh, not so much because, yeah, the, uh, the Airbus is basically everything is automation. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with the Learjet, you're constantly like, um, like uh, looking around, the scanning, scanning. So you you're not like uh, sitting and doing anything. Hmm. So you got to be like on top of the airplane because if not, yeah, it can catch you like really, really fast. Hmm. All right, yeah. good point. Yeah. Really interesting. Really interesting. So, yeah. so actually, so now I'm thinking back to what you've told me. So in that two years that you were flying out of Saint Martin, you got your thousand fifteen hundred hours, and you went for your CTP and all that. So they were flying you hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's in that time. I think yeah, more than fifteen fifteen hundred hours. If I remember, you had to have like yeah, almost fifteen hundred hours, and with also turbine time to apply for the Learjet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at all all of, all of those times, so it was easier for me. And uh, yeah, so um, after the type rating, it took me like two weeks to do the type rating in uh, Arizona. Right. So check right and everything, yeah, yeah. Very nice. So you're flying the Learjet now for an air ambulance company. Air ambulance, yeah. So it's it's really interesting because uh, there's many many careers in aviation, right? There's you had the airline experience, there's the executive, private owned, all these kind of things. And air ambulance is I've I've met a handful of people that have gone to the air ambulance world, and it's really interesting, right? Because you get very special yeah. equipment. There's a lot of waiting, but when you got to go, you got to go now. Yeah, right? true. Yeah, yeah, tell us what's what's uh, what's it like to be an air ambulance pilot like what's what's involved yeah and uh yeah it's like to be it's like uh, you're responsible like yeah it's uh, it's really challenging let's say like that because um yeah how we work uh i'm basically like uh, on duty for uh, two weeks or something and uh 24 7 duty time and uh when i got the call you have to go to the airport you have like I think an hour or less to go to prepare everything to go to the airport. I just gave you like an, an example. We sure. Basically, most of our flights are like to Colombia or just here on the ABC Islands. And let's say if we go to Colombia, because we have here a contract with, with the hospital of the island. And if something happens with a patient that's really critical, they have to fly out the patient. Right. And uh, yeah, if we send a patient to Colombia, you basically have like an hour to prepare for the flight, send the flight plan, you print the paperwork, do the uh, NAF log and everything. And uh, everything happens like really, really fast. And uh, especially also if the patient gets really, really critical, they want to be airborne as quick, as quickly as possible also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in the air ambulance life, you get to see a lot of things. Um, you get to see patients that had like a uh, accident or heart attacks, or sometimes they tell you, hey, um, maybe the patient uh, wouldn't make it or something. So then, yeah, you have to be like mentally prepared for that. If not, yeah, you can't do it. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Now, I, I know a lot of the air ambulance companies uh, in the Caribbean also have contracts with like cruise ships, right? Cruise ships that are yeah. coming in. Somebody got sick and they pull into port and pff, you got to evacuate them out. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what the uh, the travel insurance pays for, right? Like you pay that those twenty yeah. bucks on your travel insurance, so they can you can get a private Learjet flight out if you need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the most interesting part till now in the air ambulance, in my part, is like uh, the COVID situation with the corona. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, in the beginning, everything was new for everybody, especially for us also. And uh, yeah, we had to fly some corona patients also out from the island. And uh, yeah, in the beginning, uh, nobody knew about anything. So um, yeah, it was new. And, you know, we had to wear face masks, we had to wear those suits and uh, the face shield and everything covered. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's challenging because you're right, it's a small cabin, a small cockpit. Yeah, it's really small, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's tricky. Well, well, let's talk about that, right? So the last year, 18 months, going on 20 months now, has been really difficult for the airline industry. Um, you know, we're lucky here. We really only did like a full stop for about two, three weeks. And you know, it's a central business here in the U.S. to be at an airport. And so we've been able to keep flying for the most part. Uh, did you have a strong stoppage or because you're in the medical field, like you were, you never really stopped? Yeah, no, we didn't really stop. And uh, I remember in the beginning of the corona when they shut down basically everything, all of those commercial flights. And we were like basically the only ones here flying air ambulance. Like nobody else, not even the airlines because they, they were on lockdown. Yeah. And we were just like working back and forth because uh, with the corona patients or sometimes we had patients that uh, had to like a heart attack and anything. And uh, yeah, we flew all over the place. We went to Colombia, we went to St. Martin or uh, Aruba, Curacao. We also had to fly to I remember to Martinique and Guadeloupe. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah because um, uh, with the COVID situation, sometimes the the hospital were like, uh, they didn't have like much much space sure. to, to accept people. And uh, the hospital here had to look for other, other uh, different locations to fly out the patients. Yeah. yeah. That's a tricky situation, but uh, you came out good. And, and so do you see aviation in the islands recovering i mean we see it recovering here in the u.s pretty strong yeah uh, you see it moving over there the airport looking busier yeah it is it is basically uh, i've seen it last week i remember they were getting like a lot of flights also from the states and uh, also the inter islands so also our company easier and uh, they also starting to flying much more than compared to before okay. and uh, the only thing that stop the airline not to like to do a lot of flights was like uh, people had to do a COVID test mm-hmm. and you had to pay a lot of money just for the test and uh, yeah, people are like no they, they can't pay that they can't afford it and they just decide to stay home so I mean I mean like they're right they're right because here I can't remember how much money you only pay for uh, for a one COVID test to just fly from uh, Bonaire to Curacao for like a 20-50 minute flight <laughs> yeah 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 that's the world yeah. we live in right now, but it is getting better. I see it getting a lot yeah. better. Yeah, the vaccination yeah. rates are getting where they need to be so we can try to get back to a regular life. Yeah. Um, because I have always wanted to fly the islands more. Here I am in South Florida, and I've barely flown the islands, so I really want to try to take advantage of that and, and fly the islands much more. Yeah, you really um, have to yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, now, what's your, you like where you are in the executive jet world? Do you think you might do airlines again, go heavier metal? Yeah, of course. Like I'm, uh, I'm very open for anything, and uh, I told, um, I told myself, yeah, uh, I want to experience a lot of things. Like maybe in the future, I want to fly from an airline, a bigger airline, or a cargo company. Like you never know. And sure. uh, it, it, it's not like that that I really want to stick only on the air ambulance. So uh, I just like want more experience. That's uh, my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're still pretty early on in your aviation career, right? I mean, yeah. you're, you're just under 10 years from your first uh, solo flight, right? 2012. So yeah. that's going to be next year, right? So all that you've done in these last 10 years is very impressive. Right? Yeah. You're, you're on the right trajectory. And the timing is right because, you know, the pilot shortage is coming back stronger, stronger than ever, yeah. right? And so that's what I tell students uh, and anybody that's interested in flying is start now because a year from now you're going to have your commercial certificates and that's when the hiring boom is going to be in full effect. The hiring boom is happening right now. I'm getting calls from every airline saying, hey, are you guys ready? Are your flight instructors ready? Are your commercial pilots ready? So 
the time is now. We've got a couple of questions um, that are flowing here. So anybody, whether you're watching on the Facebook Live or in the Zoom, go ahead and send us your questions either in the chat or in the Q&A panel. And uh, we'll go ahead and, and crunch right through them. Uh, Crystal wants to know if you did your training 141 or part 61. No, I did uh, 141. Uh, right. I basically started like from zero to, to my commercial multi-engine. Because mm -hmm. uh, remember that flight school, they didn't uh, give uh, foreign people the part 61 part. So it's only for, 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 for the United States. Yeah, that's, that's a very common misunderstanding. Like anybody yeah. studying internationally in the U.S. has to be on a 141 program, sure. right? Part 61 is it's just simply not an option for international students. But I'm glad yeah. they did it right because a lot of people don't do it right. And they don't yeah. want everyone to get in trouble, right? So no, no, no. I'm glad they followed it. So that's excellent that you were able to speed through the program that quick. So never yeah. really got slowed down by stage checks. You just kind of hit them, hit them, hit them. Yeah. Right, that's excellent. That's good to hear. It's good to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of a broad question over here from Fraser on Facebook. He wants to know if, do you think aviation was worth the investment? Of course, yeah. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, because um, let's say like that, like uh, everything happening right now with the corona situation and uh, yeah, just like you said, uh, the airline industry, they, they were like in need of more pilots right now in the upcoming years. And for me, yeah, of course, it's uh, worth it for the investment because I didn't stay without doing anything. And I think for other people also, um, yeah, maybe they they just had their first job, but uh, that doesn't mean like they after that first job they they don't want to fly anymore. But it's like you you still keep going up, climbing, climbing, climbing till you reach like on a level. Maybe you're flying, let's say, a Boeing triple seven or something, and your salary is basically, uh, I don't know, many thousand dollars per month. So it's basically, you're going to get that investment back, let's say like that. Yeah. Well, you've been flying professionally now for about five, six years or so, right? Do you think you've recouped your investment in your flight training? Um, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. 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 That's pretty impressive. I mean, like, if you were a doctor, you're in your, you're in debt until you're like fifty years old or something like that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I make that comparison all the time because it's okay. It seems like a lot up front because you're doing it all in one year, or in your case, in seven yeah. months, right? Seven months, yeah. And your average college, you know, you spread that out over two, three years. But the return on your investment is very quick as well, right? Yeah. Uh, so I had a great conversation with the chief pilot of American Airlines, the Miami International Base, and he pointed out the starting pay is $91 an hour. Right? Yeah. So yeah. who doesn't want to make $91 an hour, <laughs> right? You got to start from somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Lloyd over here wants to know the process to get a student visa. I know the process pretty well because, uh, you know, we're at flight school. But I'm kind of yeah. curious about your process. Uh, you came on a student visa to flight school? Yeah, I came with the, it's the M1 visa, I think. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's uh, valid for one year, right? One year, yeah. yeah. And if you're doing things right like you did, one year is more than enough, right? Yeah, yeah, true, true. That's and, uh, Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we had to do the visa here in Curacao in the U.S. Embassy, mm -hmm. and uh, with all the paperwork. And uh, after that, uh, when it came to the states, we had to do the fingerprinting part. That took like uh, two, three weeks, something like that, before I start flying. Exactly. Yeah, it's gotten a little yeah. bit faster now, but uh, yeah. so that's exactly right. So, so Wayman Aviation is uh, visa authorized, and anyone that's watching that wants to go to flight school, make sure to go to a school that's visa authorized. Because of the pilot shortage and the boom in hiring, there's a lot of flight schools popping up that that are advertising in the Caribbean, in Colombia, in Panama. They're not are not visa authorized, so sure. you gotta watch out, right? If they're sending you to an English school, if they're sending you to like a university that they're not a flight partner with, they're trying to get around the visa requirements, right? But you don't want to get into trouble because if you you know if you have a, an issue with uh, with Homeland Security or get deported from the United States, good luck getting a flying job. <laughs> right? yeah. Maybe you can't even come back to the states. I know, I know, yeah. that's, that's a big deal, right? Yeah. So do it right, everybody. You know, do your M1, do your F1, whatever it is your program has, and, and do the visa process right. Um, we've got Daniel in Belize. Uh, he wants to know how to 
how to start getting his wings and what's and what's the cost more or less all right so i can speak about wayman prices um so and maybe another good question you know, is how to save money on your flight training so wayman has actually a really interesting unique program we're able to get a reduced commercial uh, certificate. So instead of flying the 250 hours, most of our, our, our in our on our accelerated program, most students complete with a single engine at 170, multi-engine at 190 hours. So the the basic program is 37,000 and a multi-engine add-on. That's an incredible price, incredible value for what you're doing, yeah. right? And of course, you have all the resources of doing it in the United States. It might cost you about that in your home country, but you get that FA certificate, which is the most recognized around the world, right? You can go anywhere and work with an FA uh, pilot's license. Now, I think a better question is how can you save money on your flight training? And I want to, and I suspect, Nesho, that since you did the whole program in seven months, you were pretty on the budget, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. Okay. Any tips for somebody that's getting into it, like how to save some money on it? Um, yeah, basically, you have your budget to complete your world flight training from zero to commercial pilot. And what I did is after every flight, like, okay, I see like how many, uh, what's my balance of remaining balance. And then uh, I ca calculated every time I fly. And uh, so you're keeping your own tab. <laughs> I'm keep, yeah, I'm keeping it. Like, yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, Mark, the, um, the most thing is, uh, the best thing is like to study is very important because let's say if you just go to fly and you you don't go you don't do things like really good or maybe you fail a check right you have to pay more money on top of it but if you're like well prepared for that you just pass everything just like i did it didn't fail anything yeah there you so go. I went basically straight from 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 zero to make a commercial pilot mm. and uh also um yeah, what I did, I did also flying two, twice a day, if I can. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. We had like more, a lot of flexible instructors back in that time. They were able to do two flights in a day also. Yeah, that's that's pretty taxing. You know, it's a lot to go twice yeah. a day, but you do make good progress when you do that. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah. I'd have to agree with you. I think the best way to save money on your flight training is to be prepared, right? Be prepared, yeah, yeah. true. To study, yeah. study, be ready. If you're gonna go fly, if you're never gonna do steep turns that day, you know, read up on steep turns, watch a YouTube video, <laughs> right? Yeah, true. I remember starting my instrument reading. This is really good. My instrument reading part, it went like perfectly because I was prepared on YouTube also, especially the holding part. There's some amazing remember, stuff on YouTube. Yeah, true. I remember a lot of. Pilots, they're like, when they see holding, they got like, oh, no, it's really confusing. But if you go on YouTube, they're like, they really teach you step by step how to, like, identify the hold before you enter it during the flight. And in my first days, I remember that video that I saw on YouTube. And it was, when I saw that, I mean, like, it's not. It's not. It was, like, really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, being prepared and keeping track of your account is a good idea. You know, we have a system yeah. that's always live. You can log in and see how much money is on your account, your pilot log, all those things. But just that awareness, you know, like uh, if things are stretching out, talk to your instructor. Say like, hey, you know, uh, I, I think I had a lot of additional flights. Can we catch up here, catch up there? And also, if you do have to repeat a flight, don't be afraid. The reason you've got to repeat it is because we want to get you to the next step. But if you freeze up, like, no, I don't want to repeat this lesson, well, then how are you possibly going to move ahead? Right? Sure. So, yeah, those, those are some good tips. Uh, we're kind of good. Yeah. yeah. I also think uh, the other thing that takes uh, a lot of money from your side is like the uh, apartment. If sure. you have an apartment with a school, every month they take something from your account. Yeah. So the more you stay, the more you have to pay also. You know what? I share that same concept all the time with people because uh, so we have a student and they're waiting for this one particular examiner and they're willing to wait a month, a month and a half for one, that one examiner. I'm like, do you know how much you're paying in rent to wait for that one person? Like, yeah. you're If you're ready for a check ride, you can go with any examiner. Do not wait for that one special examiner, right? If you're ready, you're ready. And in fact, if you wait, you might not be ready because you're now like waited so long. Yeah. Right? yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. The rent and living expenses is something that a lot of people don't take into their calculations. But yeah, if you oh. can 
if you can do your program like yourself in seven months or in the 10 months that the program is designed for, you will save money. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah true. We've got some questions coming in from the Facebook. Um, how do you foresee aviation opportunities in the Caribbean in the upcoming years as far as hiring options and stability? Do you feel like the Caribbean is a, is, is stabilizing now? It's a good place to work? Uh, I think so. Everything is getting step by step right now, especially here in the Caribbean. And uh, if you see the company that I'm working for, Easier, we just got two sub 340s right now. Wow, nice upgrade. And, uh, yeah, true. And uh, it's they have also they're getting new flying routes right now. They're gonna fly to Colombia, and uh, I don't know, maybe in the future, maybe other islands in the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I think honestly, like uh, it's possible. Um, that in the upcoming years that they're going to meet a lot of pilots also. Yeah, no. I think the same for, for winner also in St. Martin. Mm-hmm. The same thing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I see it. Aviation is coming back in a big way. Aviation is not going away, you know, especially in the crew. That's how you get around, right? That's how you get from yeah. Island to Island, really. It's super critical. Um, yeah. So some closing thoughts here, man. What are your What's your advice to students, uh, low-time students? Maybe they're about to get into it or they're in the middle of their training right now. What kind of words of wisdom would you share with yourself back in, you know, 2013, 14? Yeah, my advice is, uh, of course, never give up on uh, your dreams. And, uh, yeah, study a lot, study, study, and uh, be prepared for everything. If, be prepared for the for the ground school or for the flying part or the check ride. If you're prepared for everything, you're not going to get any trouble. And uh, if you have an instructor, talk to the instructor. If you have any problems, tell the instructor. Don't leave anything like holding you behind because it's going to get you in trouble. And let's say if you don't like the instructor and you don't see anything, yeah, so you're going to get yourself in trouble. But if you talk with them, Maybe you can change another instructor. Everything is possible. Sure. Yeah. If people want to reach out to you, what's the best place? On Instagram? Uh, yeah, on Instagram uh, or on TikTok. I just started on TikTok account right now. Nice. TikTok is a quirky one. We've had some good videos and then some videos yeah. have nothing on them, right? But you're yeah. at Pilot Neshel on uh, Instagram, right? Pilot uh, November Echo Sierra Hotel Oscar. Is it the sure. same on TikTok? Yeah, it's the same. I just posted a video like a week ago. It's almost like getting a million views. <laughs> Something oh, like nice. I'm going to have to check it out. Cool. Yeah, for landing in, uh, in St. Bart's. Yeah. Very nice, very nice. And yeah. if anybody wants to get a hold of me and get a hold of Wayman Aviation, it's at Wayman Aviation, W-A-Y-M-A-N, at Wayman Aviation on Instagram, Facebook, the YouTube, and our TikTok as well. we got some beautiful videos up there. Uh, I certainly hope you will all, you know, Grab it, grab it by the horns, be the captain, start right now, because if you want to be that professional pilot, it all starts today. All right. Thank you, Pilot Nesha. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for everyone for listening in today. This video will be available right away on Facebook. It'll be on YouTube and on the Aviation Insight podcast very soon. All right. Everyone have a great evening. Thank you, Nesha. All right. Good evening. (laughs) Thank you. This series is brought to you by Wayman Aviation Academy. Learn to fly with a safe, reliable, professional academy located between Miami and Fort Lauderdale in sunny South Florida, USA. Enjoy the training and cosmopolitan life with Wayman's 42 aircraft, six airline partners, and two bases to help you be the captain.